Hello, podcast listeners. This is Adam. Hey, and this is Doug. And we just want to let you know before the show begins that in just a few days, the Los Angeles Music Video Festival in where else but Los Angeles is going to be starting. It is going to be November 5th through the 8th. And on the 5th, it starts at 8 p.m. And they're kicking things off at the Cinefamily Silent Theater. Uh, with Reggie Watts, who's going to give a keynote performance. I'm sure you've heard, Adam, you've heard of Reggie Watts. I have heard of Reggie Watts. Um, he's very famous. He's very famous. I remember him from his music videos, of course, but also for hosting the, the YouTube Awards. That's true. He did host that. With Jason now... Schwartzman. Just pulled that's, that out of my brain. That's, um, that's fine. But if you, if you, of course, if you love music videos, um, LAMVF is where uh, you need to be in the next few days. And Doug, where can they get tickets? They get tickets at LAMVF.com and you get your tickets for the fest. And you can also find the full festival schedule because there's a whole bunch of screenings and talks and chats uh, going on uh, throughout the, the four-day thing. And, and the winners, the winners, we helped pick them. That's right. We judged them hard. We really like looked him in the eye and we said, we're judging you. We're not just watching, we're judging. We filled it, a full spreadsheet. Doug, each and I filled out a spreadsheet. Um, took some it time. Wasn't even, it wasn't even asked of us. We just did spreadsheets. That's right. Yeah. We just, they were like, just tell us, just like write down like. Just say the winner. They just asked for four words and we were like, <laughs> now here's your spreadsheet, LAMVF. And figure it out. But the idea is get down to LAMVF. Um, is a fantastic festival. And if you go to the website, there's a big button that says get your tickets now. So get them and uh, enjoy some music videos, some workshops, Mr. Reggie Watts, and all sorts of other stuff. Um, and now, here we go. On with the show. Everybody out there in music video land, and welcome to another edition of the Music Video Land podcast brought to you by your super good friends at imvdb.com, the internet music video database. This is a podcast where we talk about music videos. My name is Adam, and then with me, as usual, in uh, New York City, well, Brooklyn, uh, is uh, Mr. Doug Klinger. How are you doing, Doug? Doing super good, Adam. I, I moved my desk uh, since the last podcast. It's, I'm in, sitting in a different place. Wow, okay. How crazy we'll is that? We'll put that in the show notes. Uh, if you could take a <laughs> selfie at your new desk location. Okay. Um, and continuing our streak of some awesome guests on the podcast, we have today on the podcast our first colorist or color grader or however you want to um, label that. We'll, we'll ask him ourselves. Mr. Derek Hansen, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, guys. And colorist is fine. Colorist um, is fine. I, I always because we have like fine. we have like three different credit names for that position on the site because people are very like particular about what they want to be credited as. Sure, I always just choose colorist. And so we should mention that uh, some of the videos that you've been the colorist for have been uh, "We Can't Stop" by Miley Cyrus. Uh, one of our favorites that we've talked about on the podcast many times is "Never Say Never" by Basement Jacks. "Loud Like Love" like uh, by Placebo. Or the, uh, yep. The nineteen seventy five robbers and uh, one of my favorite videos, "One Minute More" by Capital Cities. Excuse me. Um, <laughs> yeah. So obviously a lot of videos um, and. 
you know, when you are talking to people that do not know anything about, you know, production or th- that process, how do you explain what a colorist does? I think right now with technology the way it is, everybody has Instagram, and, and so that's instantly a relatable and also the most horrific, <laughs> like, analogy you can make. Um, but you, you say, you know, when you take a picture, it isn't what you see at the end. Um, when people film music videos, it's actually pretty ugly when you when you first look at it out of the camera. And somebody has to go in and, and make it look nice, and that's my job. So in terms of when you get brought on onto a project, is it after everything has been shot, a director reaches out, um, or are you involved in the process at, at any point before um, kind of everything's been shot? Um, I mean, it kind of depends on a project-per-project basis. Um, sometimes I'll get a treatment, you know, and so that's in the early stages of, of production, and, and they're like, hey, you know, we're thinking about you for a music video. What do you think? Here's the treatment. Do you think that's cool? Do you have any ideas or or not? Just do you think you can do this? And uh, we'll start there. And then sometimes it just shows up, you know. Um, you never know. Music videos are crazy. You guys know. Um, <laughs> so sometimes it's just you're in the right place at the right time and the phone rings and you don't have anything booked that night or you do and you're willing to stay late and you take it when it comes. And in terms of like who you're working with on the production crew, I know, like you mentioned, um, you know, music videos, when they come back to you, they look a lot different than they do when, when we actually see them um, as viewers. Are you working more with the DP or the director or the producer? Who's your main contact point usually? For music videos, it's usually a director. Um, I like when the DP is involved, but they are so busy all the time, you know, mm-hmm. like a director will stay with their music video, but a, a DP might be shooting three music videos back to back. So sometimes it's hard to get on the same page, you know. Um, I've worked with Jackson a couple of times and I've only met him once. Um, we just did a, a video for Norton that should be coming out pretty soon. And um, we tried to schedule it around. I was traveling. I went to Dallas to do some stuff. Um, my company did some remote grading. And so I went out there to to check in with those guys. And the timing didn't work. And Jackson had to leave for a shoot before I could come back. So, you know, they're in as much as they can. I get a lot of stills. You know, somebody will do a quick grade and either Photoshop or Resolve or something and send it to me. Like, this is what I was thinking. Um, this is how I shot it. This is what I envisioned. Um, but sometimes they're they're non-existent. And I think for out of all the kind of visual um, pieces that go into music videos, in terms of post production, I think the color is so you know incredibly important, especially through the medium of music videos. Um, just because they're kind of an art form where you can take something and make it, you know, push the edges a little bit, you know, of something that may not look like it goes on TV or goes in a movie even, but, you know, these little short clips where there's so much room for experimentation are really great for, um, you know, I think all different pieces that go into it, but especially color. Um, but, and I know you, you know, you color commercials, you color, color short films and all sorts of things. Um, how is working with music videos different than those other mediums? Um, actually, music videos are probably my favorite medium. Um, they're just long enough to be fun, and and they're just short enough not to be not fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, I think 
I don't know. I think the storytelling that you get to do in a music video is so open, right? There's no rules for a music video. So you get all sorts of storytelling, um, which is really cool and really unique to that medium. Um, and so for somebody like me who gets to grade that, um, I get a lot of interesting pictures. And you talk to a lot of the senior guys, and, and unless you're Dave Hussey, I over at Company 3, I, you grow out of music videos and your best work a lot of times comes from those days when you got to shoot or you got to grade really interesting pictures um, from really interesting storylines that that might not get told in another setting. And is it is it always that you kind of just basing stuff off um, pictures? You, you, you colored the Foster the People Coming of Age video, which was directed by Brother, who also, um, as directors, you know, also edit and do a significant amount of color grading um, themselves. Is do you ever work collaboratively with a director, or are you always kind of working on your own based off reference images? I mean, I like the director in the suite as much as possible. So usually, the way it goes down is um, a music video comes across my desk. They say, "Hey, here's the director. Here's the production company. These are the people that are going to attend your session." And um, we, we we still say telecine, so if I say telecine, I'm just saying color grading. Um, but, you know, telecine is an, a by-hour basis, usually. Um, when you come in for commercial work, you're booking per hour. And so music videos with the budgets really don't have that. So you say, you know, we've got six to eight hours, and it's usually at night. Who can make the session? And normally we work around the director's schedule so he can come in and explain his vision and we can collaborate together um they don't touch the board i mean we've got a a base light at mpc we've got several of them and um a base light is just like resolve but a little bit more honed in it's a little bit more of an engineering's background and i don't like car analogies but ferrari versus you know i don't know a ford it's it's Honda precision fit, maybe? and stuff like that. Yeah, a Honda Fit, you know, <laughs> or, or one of those Kia Kia hamster boxes. Nice. Yeah, those um, are the, the hamster, yeah the hamster boxes. Those you know, are great, great it's, cars. It's got a lot of flashy colors and lights and stuff, but it just doesn't do the same thing um, as a base light. And that's just a colorist opinion. I I did Resolve for a little bit um, before this. Our MPC was a, a Resolve house. Um, but we we made the switch, and so directors, I mean, they look at it and they're like, I don't know what to do with that. Um, <laughs> so it, we just try to share visions. You know, we we talk about the color temperature, we talk about the mood, we talk about the scene and and how it's supposed to feel, um, and then try to come up with a palette. A lot of times, the the directors got a treatment with them or some reference images or something like that. Um, so I just got to try to feel them out and be on the same page and and. Also explain the differences, right? Uh, I think when you're in a suite with a colorist, you're going to see the best image you've ever seen. Um, that's the best anything's ever going to look. I mean, we calibrate our monitors. That's our job. Um, and so also guiding directors through the conversion processes and saying, hey, look, when you convert for the internet and it goes up and somebody's viewing it on this type of screen, it's going to feel a little bit more like this. And, and so trying to find their vision and adapting it to all the different mediums it's going to be put into because it it's hard to control that once it leaves my screen there's a wide range of you know 
uh, you know, impact or kind of how much you can tell a colorist has worked on a project. You know, I just, I mentioned the coming of age by foster the people video and just that, just that Vimeo screenshot um, that we have on the site right there. uh, Kind of, it's so clear that somebody has done some manipulation with this footage. There's a, there's a boy who is blue with, with regular kind of brown (laughs) hair and a, and a, you know, big bright flowers behind him. And then, you know, you, you compare that to a video um, that may, you know, an average viewer might not necessarily have recognized the color in there, um, and it's and and it's it still has a big impact, but it's a lot more subtle. And a, a good example of that would maybe be the "So Strange" video by Superhumanoids. Um, is there a, a significant different approach that you would kind of take with these kind of different projects? Is it kind of still similar for your? perspective and is there kind of like a style you prefer something that's you know really kind of in your face and bright or the more kind of subtle impact um there's a couple different answers in there um first i'll tell you a funny story about that foster the people video actually so uh alex and kyle were in for that and uh one of the things that a colorist does is they do secondary corrections and a secondary correction is basically creating some sort of key um, based on color or luminance or saturation or any combination of those three things and adjusting that selection. So it's very specific. So a skin tone or um, a certain color or you know the shadows or the highlights. So when you think of something like Schindler's List where everything was black and white except for red, that is a really good example of a secondary correction. That red is a secondary correction. They made sure that that was red. So the foster the people thing, when I make a secondary, one of my options is to overlay a matte to show my selection, and my matte color happens to be blue. And so I was making secondary selections on all those flowers in the background and then inverting them to to affect just the kid and his skin tone because there's a lot of red and magenta in there. And uh, Alex was like, that's awesome. I want that blue (laughs) thing. And I was like, okay. And so we kind of tried it a couple of different ways. And we ended up deciding it was actually going to be a visual effects shot because of the way that they wanted to do the blue. And it was it's a little bit too much to push blue. So there's a way to break the color. And we were, we were getting into that territory where it starts to break up and look a little bit, I mean, overcolored first. You can totally overcolor something. Um, and then second, it just it didn't look the way that we wanted it to look. So it ended up being a visual effects shot, but it originated as an idea out of Telesity. I mean, I think it all depends, again, on the project and what is best for the story and what is truest to the director's vision for this for this three to five minute piece. Um, and sometimes the story calls for a brighter image. Um, you guys talked, you had uh, Jordan Bott on the other day and uh, we're talking about the magician and that one was super bright and super colorful and it really was what the label was looking for as far as a mood goes um and you know it, it just happened to work we had done another version that was a little bit cleaner a little bit more subtle um a little bit more white hot instead of yellow hot um and i thought both came out really well you know they they were both effective at at communicating a hot hot day is just other people's interpretation. So a lot of that comes down to who's making the decisions, whether that's the director or the DP. Uh, sometimes it's a commissioner or a, a label or a band. Um, 
it's a little bit more interpretive. I think as a preference, I, I, I tend to like cooler images. I tend to like cleaner images. Um, not necessarily desaturated, but really rich midtones where you get really nice heavy saturation in, in the lower luminous parts of the image and, and everything else kind of feels bright and clean and airy around it. Um, I think that just comes from watching film um, or watching, you know, I came up under this guy named Mark Gethin, who's an amazing colorist um, for MPC. He's, I, I can't thank him enough for all the things that he's taught me. Um, and it, it, I think my style kind of comes from his style. I watched him grade for a long time and sat with him and, and had to, you know, do pickup shots for him and things like that. And so I think that kind of pushed me in that direction too. But I, you know, I like the darker, moodier stuff. And I wouldn't also mention that Dave, Dave Hussey is still in the game. He just colored. Oh, uh... very, very, very much. Dave Hussey. I mean, if there's anybody who will, I mean, that guy has colored more music videos than I think anybody will ever color in their entire life. <laughs> yeah. Any two people probably. I he, know. I he, know. It's uh... crazy. He has submit. He has a, uh, I think, three hundred and ten credits on our site. And uh, a few weeks ago, he tweeted out like, "Here's a sample. Here's like a a, a section of my work." <laughs> I think if we had yeah. the full deal, it would be in the in in the uh, one thousand and above, um, which we're trying to get Easy. there. But um, dude, he has colored so many things, and and for music videos, it's it's one of those things. He's a legend, you know. So many directors nowadays grew up watching music videos that Dave Hussey corrected. And same goes for me. Um, and the same can be said for, for Mark Gethin, too. He's a much bigger commercial director than a music video director now. Uh, but he grew through MPC doing music videos. And so um, there's a lot of history with telecine and music videos because you used to shoot a film and you had no idea what you had until you got into a suite with a colorist to put some color in it. And, and there was magic in that. Um, and those guys are the masters of that magic. And how did, you know, I imagine watching these music videos, you know, when you're, you know, a teenager or whatever, like, like we all did. Um, were you thinking of the color of that at, at that point or, or, or at what point did you start to become interested in, you know, manipulating the color in, in images? Um, I mean, when I was real young, no, I, I didn't even know. I, I remember going home and watching music videos and loving music videos when it was TRL. And I had mm. no idea like what went into making a music video. I had no idea. Um, but I started out as an editor and, and through editorial, I kind of learned, you know, I'm going to have to color correct some of these images. And I didn't know it was called color correction. I didn't know what I just was like, I have to fix what this looks like. It looks like crap. <laughs> um, and so that's kind of where it started. And I was, kind of a one-man show, shoot, edit, correct, some visual effects, things like that. Um, and I did that for a long time until um, I kind of worked my way into a small studio and, and learned a little bit more about what goes on and what color correction is and, and how it's an actual job. And um, you can specialize in that. And, and I really kind of fell in love with it. Um, it's an extension of editorial. I love editorial. Um, Telecine and editorial so deeply entwined. Um, we could not do what we do without editorial. Um, so I kind of just felt it was a natural progression of my my interest in that. And it's kind of something that I, you know 
when people talk about the history of music videos or trends in music videos, that often comes out of, you know, the color or what, you know, at the time is, is you know, the quote unquote style. When I think of like the late 90s, you know, the TRL era, era all those, you know, oversaturated colors. Um, yeah. And, you know, from your perspective, is there, you know, over the last, you know, maybe four years or so, has there been a trend in color or is it kind of all over the place? Um, I think that, that style kind of from the nineties, like that heavy gritty grade is kind of just a byproduct of what was going on in the nineties, culturally, film, television, everything. Um, and it was also the beginning of things getting digitized and color being done on a computer rather than on film. And so I think you were just getting people experimenting. And I think we're now at a point with digital technology and digital cameras that the style's changing a little bit. I mean, you still get directors who are, are pretty old school. Um, I don't know if you guys know who Walter Campbell is, but but he's he's an ad legend. He directed a spot just recently for Adidas. He's famous for this Guinness spot. It has these horses kind of like running in the ocean. And um, it was in the 90s and super heavy grade, really gritty and like, I mean, it screams kind of David Fincher, you know, Fight Club 7 at you. And uh, I just did something for him recently and he loves that look. I mean, it's very indicative of the 90s and he just sticks with it because it works for him. Um, but I think that the newer, younger directors are, are letting it breathe a little bit more. You get um, you get a little bit less contrast and that doesn't mean that the image is, is flat by any means, but you're you're not getting really bright highlights and really dark shadows, you know, crushing the, the blacks and and whatever you want to attach to that. But um, you get really nice soft images and, and they're interested in letting the image be dark when it needs to and, and, and showing what they want to show the way that they lit the shot. And so I think it's progressing and, and I think it depends on, on the director's style or the cinematographer's style too, you know. Um, sometimes a DP shoots something to be soft and sometimes they don't. Um, you know, they can, they can pull exposures um, and, and take the blacks away from a colorist if, if they don't want a certain look. So a lot of what we do is kind of interpreting directors and, and DPs and trying to get something that looks nice. Um, and so is there ever like an instance where you're trying to kind of like impose your your thoughts and, and it gets to a level of even like a, a confrontation or, or anything like that? Or is it pretty much like you are, um, you know, your, your focus is to kind of just get, get the director's idea um, made? I do a lot of jobs, right? So I've got people coming in and out of my room all the time. And one of the things that you have to do when that's happening is you have to be able to judge people and kind of vibe with them and kind of figure out what it is and avoid confrontation um, and, and get on the same wavelength so that they trust you because that's basically what it, it comes down to is they're entrusting you with their music video to make it look the way that they saw it in their brain. Um, and sometimes you can get on the same exact wavelength of the director or you guys are already on it based on the footage. You know, I try to get on um, the box and, and do some grading before anybody comes in the suite just so I have an idea of what they shot, um, how it's going to respond, 
you know, is, is there a lot of information in the blacks or the, the, the highlights blown out or something like that? So I can prepare in a way to talk about those things. Um, and sometimes you're just on the same page with the director and, and I've got something just a loose grade and they come in, they're like, that's it, you know, um, and, and we're off and running. And sometimes it, it takes a little bit more. I've had, you know, conversations about blue, like cyan versus green. They're very similar. Um, <laughs> and, and what is too green and what is too cyan? And, and when somebody sees something one way, um, sometimes, you know, it's all subjective there's there's no hard and fast in color so you you have to kind of guide them in the direction that that you think you're you're a professional i'm a professional you know like they've paid me to make it look as good as i can and so sometimes you fight for that sometimes it comes naturally um but usually you know the most important thing to me is that the director's happy it feels like their vision um has come to be and and, and that i heard them out and i did as much as I could to, to make that happen for them. I feel to give you a colorist and you might have some epic disagreements about if this is purple or blue. Purple. <laughs> I, yeah, I know that's something I, mean, I get into a lot just with just, I think people have that experience of fighting over a color, but it seems it must be more that, that much more intense. Yeah. And I think especially with the introduction of lots into post-production. So a lot is just, a very simple grade to make it the most basic way possible. Just a grade that goes on top of flat footage that's straight out of the camera. And it gives you a little bit of a look. You know, that way you're not just looking at gross flat images. It has a little bit of color, has a little bit of contrast. And if somebody has been watching that in editorial, um, that LUT, and then they come back into my room and they see the flat footage and we try to do something, they're always going to reference that LUT, that look that they were using as a temporary look until they came to Telesony. And so sometimes that's where that color shift difference comes from. I think that's what that cyan green, I mean, we, it's very difficult. You have to be political, right? I mean, I want to work with the director again. Nine times out of 10, they're a very nice person to begin with and we're just not on the same page and so trying to stand up for you know you can't you can't push me around this is my suite and this is what I see and you're paying me for that and I think this is what you want you know are you are you willing to trust me can we try something else sometimes you move on to another shot and come back and readdress it again so everybody has a minute to cool off but it does happen it is subjective you know color is very fluid it's always changing and sometimes like I said, different screens are different things. Internet is different than broadcast. Um, so they might leave and, and be like, hey, look, um, we went a little bit too far with this. You were right about X, Y, and Z. You were right about red being too strong. You know, it's Now it's just screaming at me on a computer. And, and, and so we can go back and, and fix that stuff. And can you, t can you give us a hint of who that one out of 10 who, who's, a, who's not a nice person? Maybe, t <laughs> maybe say what their name rhymes with? <laughs> No, I mean honestly, <laughs> honestly, I I haven't worked with very many jerks. Right. Everybody is. I mean, you guys have talked about it on this this show before, and um, it's a pretty small community, you know. So if you're a jerk, you're not going to be around for very long, because um, <laughs> nobody's going to 
recommend you or, or pass you on or, or something like that. Um, it, there's just difficult, difficult situations, especially, um, you know, with everybody being so mobile, um, sometimes I'll do remote jobs and, and the best way to do that is if they're at another MPC facility around the world, but, um, you know, doing stuff over Skype and sending stills and pictures and having somebody on the phone and having that frustration of them not being there with you. They're not, you can't see them because my suite's dark. So video doesn't really work in here. Um, and them being so far away, they're probably tired or I'm tired cause it's like three o'clock in the morning so that they can grade in the afternoon. You know, um, you just, people have bad days and, and they come off Henri and you work it out later. I wanted to ask about a specific video, the We Can't Stop by Miley Cyrus video. Um, yeah. Because this was a video that, you know, it's kind of unique among music videos of the last few years that was, you know, kind of imitated and, and parodied a lot. Um, yes. And I think a lot, one of those elements that was parodied is the, you know, the color profile from it. Um, and, you know, just thinking about it from a color perspective, uh, you know, I'd imagine it would be, I'm not sure if challenging is the right word, but maybe interesting to color this video because of the amount of, you know, like white rooms there are in this or different color <laughs> yeah. settings or, you know, there's a lot of shots that are completely dark, but then, you know, thinking of the shot where they're coming out of the bushes and, you know, there's, just, yeah. you know, a, a kind of a, a bright light on them. I was wondering if you could, uh, you know, tell us a little bit about coloring in that video and, and if it was especially challenging. Um. Yeah, I mean that that video was very challenging for so many different reasons. Um, so I think the way that that video even came about, um, it was like a Sunday, and somebody called my producer and was like, "We need this video graded for tomorrow," <laughs> and and so she called me and was like, "Hey, are you? What are you doing? It's Sunday," and I said nothing, and she said, "Well, do you want to grade this Miley Cyrus video?" And it's like, "Sure, why not?" So I go in and, and I'm kind of going blind. I didn't know Diane was directing. Um, I didn't know who the DP was. Um, I believe her name is Jenna. I, I still don't even really know to tell you the truth. It's so bad. I feel like an asshole. You think um, that we would know, but we don't have that on the video. Uh, well, it's not on the video. And, you know, this particular video had a lot of moving parts. The DP was in New York when we did the grade. Diane was in Germany. Um and Diane loves FaceTime and in my building FaceTime does not work uh, I don't know what it is but the IT guys are like nah we don't let people video chat using Apple blah 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 it clogs up the bandwidth I don't know the specifics but for whatever reason video chats in MPC don't work um, and so it was really frustrating for Diane um, and they weren't really on the same page either. Um, and I come to find out that I wasn't, I wasn't the person who was supposed to grade this video. It kind of fell out of another post house and into my hands. So they were already stressed out. Um, the environment was like really tense and we we're trying to get it done. Um, but basically they went over the treatment, said, hey, look, uh, this is supposed to be kind of high fashion-y at times and also at other times, just let it be what it is. You know, it's kids having fun, kids kids out there doing what they do, and nobody's going to tell them otherwise. Um, so we want it to be a little bit gritty, um, 
But of course, it's a pop video, so you know Miley has to look good, and we got to pay attention to skin tones and and use complementary colors and, and make sure it's beautiful. But um, so it was it was a complicated grade, and it it, it actually ended up taking a, several days, and we missed our first deadline, so to speak, and and the label kind of pushed it back. And um, that was the first time also that I ever had to talk to a label to to explain what was going on. It was just a lot of footage, a lot of moving parts. Things were kind of coming in as I was grading. Um, but, you know, it was a fun job. And, and I got to spend some time talking to Diane over the next couple of days because, you know, we did a U.S. version, an MTV version, an Internet version, and a U.K. version, a director's cut version, a censored, you know, like there was just so many versions. I couldn't even, I couldn't even keep track. Um, that director's cut has so, got some weird stuff in it. It's, doesn't it's a, it? Yeah, yeah, it's a very odd director's cut um, in a good way, in a very good way. It's a, it's a fantastic yeah. video. Um, there's always, I always, I always love in the director's cut, there's a wider shot of the, the karaoke Kind of scene, and there's a woman dressed in all khaki, like a loose-fitting khaki suit. And I've, been, I've I've talked to many people about this. I can't get a straight answer of who she is, but that she's only in the director's cut. And that's a I'm gonna cut this out because it's very. Oh, I see her. Yeah, <laughs> I've never noticed you, her before. You, it's Adam, kind of like a prison jumpsuit. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've literally for years have been talking about this, well, not years, but since this video came out, Adam, the director's cut, you've been trying to figure out who this person in the brown suit is. Um, you're a little so out of you're, place. You're one step closer now. Diane Martell, if you're listening, director of this video, if you're listening, please come on this podcast and we'll talk about that for an hour. Yeah, just... Uh, yeah. <laughs> well... That's that's fun. I can't, I can't believe you got that one off. Did you? Uh, yeah, well, it's it's an imp- it's you know it's it's the little things and yeah because there there is a lot of versions of that video. Do you do you guys do a different like color treatment for the internet version? On rendering, we do. Um, we you know <clears throat> the the problem with color and the internet essentially is there is no color space or color profile for the internet, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Everything else is standardized. Television is standardized. Film is standardized. Um, DVDs are standardized. So you can just put um, a very simple conversion that's standard on those things to go to those mediums. Um, But when you go to a QuickTime or you go to most of the time it's H.264 that's getting put up on the internet. there's a, a slight gamma shift. So one of the things that we've worked with um, here at MPC and also with Filmlight, who makes our grading kits, is when we render an H.264, that the gamma kind of shifts so it doesn't get crunched and, and dark and oversaturated, that, that it actually looks the way or as close to the monitor as we can possibly get it. You know, you're going to lose colors there's gazillions of colors in my Dolby that I grade on and there's a limited number of colors that can be displayed on any Apple laptop, you know, Sony via whatever you got. There's only a certain amount of colors that can display and it's not going to be as much as my monitor. So, you know, there's going to be loss. Um, so MPC has done a lot of work to, to develop some proprietary stuff to make sure that when we export something, 
uh, for delivery to internet, it, it looks true to what we did in the room. I just want you to know that I, I uh, on my home computer, it is calibrated with a Huey Pro. So it's there. Tra- you go. I'm trying to get. I'm trying to get as close as possible. I figure if I watch a lot of music videos, I gotta get. You know, that's not. It's for a different reason, but um, <laughs> yeah, that, was, that was cool to pretend. To pretend that's why. Uh, I was like, "What a jerk! I want one of those." It was. Uh, yeah, yeah. When when I was setting it up, and I was like, "I'm so cool. I'm like a colorist." Um, yeah, you definitely. Hey, have. you are now part of like one percent of the population that has calibrated a monitor. Yeah, not and even one percent. Six... It's like infinitesimal amount. <laughs> well, on this podcast, he's he's part of the sixty six percent. So yeah, I, I'm the only I'm the only ass I'm the only asshole who's using my shit right out of the box. Um, so let's. Uh... I, wait, I just want to ask one question that will kind of lead us into the videos that we're going to talk about because we're going to talk about some videos from this week, and uh, two of them are are black and white, and uh, yes. which is which is funny. And I I just am curious if um, there is a, if there's a role for a colorist at all uh, on a black and white video. You know, I think there's a role for colorist on anything that's shot on uh, like that is shot to be displayed somewhere, you know, that it has a flat log C look to it and then goes to air. I, black and white is its own thing. Um, it's all about the contrast. Um, and then there's different versions of black and white, you know, like warmer or cooler or maybe a little bit colored. But in a straight black and white video, the two videos you guys got this week are just straight black and white. Um, but both of them are are completely different versions of black and white if you know what i mean like after watching them they have different feels to them um and that i think is due solely to a colorist going in there and deciding the contrast and how like hiding and revealing different parts using light and shadow um so i i definitely think that a colorist can lend a hand in in a black and white video yeah, when you do watch these two videos, you can definitely tell the difference in in the black and white. And we and we should mention um, that is uh, "Giving Up" by Hearts, um, directed yeah. by Austin Peters, directed a uh, release this week, as well as a "Video Girl" by um, someone an artist we who keeps coming up and up on the podcast, and that is FKA Twigs, directed by Khalil Joseph. Um, so this might be a good transition point to talk a little bit. About Think these so. videos, we've got we've got a, a few a few this week. There was one giant blockbuster music video this week. Um, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, but I thought we'd talk about these uh, um, some other videos that Doug has has laid out for us. That's um, that's yeah. me. Put it put it on my <laughs> put on my shoulder. So yeah. if you guys if you guys like these videos, then give me the credit. If you guys hate these videos. Uh, blame me. So I think you, I think you think you're gonna like most of them. Let's start with uh, let's start with giving up by Hearts, which was released uh, to with the day we're recording this, which is October 30th. Uh, directed by Austin Peters. Um, this we met as we mentioned is a black and white music video. It's got uh, some performance stuff with the band Hearts, and it's also got a lot of clips of people making out. Uh, yeah, and. Um, Pretty, ge- it's pretty genuine making out. I think. I think I saw um, when they were making this video a casting call for it, and they were looking for actual couples. So um, uh, I think we have we have Austin maybe lined up for next week's episode, uh, in which we can confirm this. 
Um, but I, uh, I think I, the 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 making out seemed pretty genuine. These people, these people seem like they've made out with each other before, for the most part. What, <laughs> what do you guys think? Do you, do you agree or disagree? Whether they've uh, made out before? Exactly. That's ex that's what I wanted to talk about with this video is whether you guys thought these people had made out before or not, and, and what your opinions were on that. Did you guys get that note? I mean, I don't know if they've made out before. <laughs> We don't really have to talk about this. I'm just being the dick. <laughs> but I uh, think it's genuine. No, actually, I so I am a big fan of Austin Peters. First, first of all, the work that he's done, you know, the Bastille videos, the Haim videos, they're all just, you know, totally solid knockout videos. And and I think this is in that same vein. Um, but that said, I I did have this like weird feeling when I first saw the couples starting to come close to each other that I'd seen this before. I feel like it's, you know, the strangers kissing thing. Um, and it has that same feel, which is very real, right? Like that's a real moment. They're really making out. So it's a thing you can't fake. You can't fake a make out. No, you cannot. Especially not from well, like, I a guess you could try. You yeah. could try, but it won't look that good. And you probably won't have like, hot spit coming in between your lips you know that <laughs> moment there they have like that, that's hot spit it's not like yeah. fake where they're like oh i'm just gonna spit on the side of my mouth and then you lick it real quick and it'll come across that's gross <laughs> and, and, they're, and they get in there too this video was this video was shot by kevin phillips who was a has been a guest on this podcast and and they get close with that camera uh yeah they get in there either that or it's a lens that makes it close but i like to in, imagine them just like with a giant ass camera just like inches away from people's faces as the as they are making out. That's how I envision this going down. And I also I totally agree. And I also think it's a oh. great performance video too. Um, yeah. Hearts is it's funny because uh, the other Hearts video that listeners may be familiar with is Wings by Emily Kai Bach, um, directed by Emily Kai Bach, which I don't think has them in it at all. I think. Um, they, yeah, no, it's a um, no. Yeah, they, it it doesn't have that at all. And there's also great commentary for that video. If you want to learn a little bit more about it, you can, you can go, that video will be in the show notes. Um, but yeah, no, I don't I don't think it's in that Amalia. It's a that VHS style music video. It's kind of shot from the perspective of a of like a family or like a kid actually. And so I don't believe Hearts makes an appearance in this video. Um, but they're good. I think certain bands should stay away from performance videos, but I wouldn't mind seeing a few more from Hearts. I think they pull it off well. Yeah, um, And I think the same could be said for our girl FKA Twigs. Oh, man. Um, who, Lots of things can be said about FKA Twigs. All, all positive. Yeah, who uh, released uh, Video Girl, um, directed by Khalil Joseph, who um, a few other videos you might be familiar with by Khalil Joseph is um, Until the Quiet Comes by Flying Lotus from 2012 and I Need a Dollar by um, Aloe Block, I think is how you say it. Yes. Um, so he's, he's kind of prone to these, these kind of like, uh, I wouldn't say large scale, but very artsy kind of music videos. Um, well, and the, the Flying Lotus is more of a short film. It's, you know, mm -hmm. I think it's over 10 minutes long. So this video it takes place. This is a, a really intriguing concept. Um, takes place in a uh, execution chamber where a prisoner is being executed by lethal injection. Mm -hmm. um, if you pay attention to the news, which has been something kind of controversial in the news for the past eight months or so, um, but she's doing like a performance piece choreographed by Ryan Heffington, um, 
uh, who has choreographed, I think, some of the best choreography pieces and music videos the last few years. And just um, like so from all from all different angles, right? Like he's got this. He's got he he choreographed the Hiro Mirai Chet Figure Gold video, which is roller skating. He did the um, Foster the People, uh, or excuse me, not Foster the People, um, Ar Arcade Fire We Exist video. Um, and probably just, most famously the uh, Sia Chandelier right. video, and then of course yeah the Sia Chandelier video, just like that Chandelier video is phenomenal, right? It's, and yeah, it's just amazing, and like in large part because of his you know choreography that he put together for that video, and all of those videos are so so different, and then the choreography in this video as well is very uh, kind of unique to this video. Um, FKA Twigs and Ryan Heppington also worked together, f um, just just released a Google Glass commercial a couple of weeks ago that sounds weird, but, and it is, like, really weird, but also su super cool. Like, I mean, it's exactly what you would imagine. Like, FKA Twigs made a Google Glass commercial directed by FKA Twigs, uh, shot by Jackson Hunt, um, and, uh, yeah, choreographed by Ryan Heffington, and just, like, super weird. And this this video, super surprising, the, the Video Girl video, because the song is about a girl from a video and uh or and that's what they kind of keep singing singing over and over again and i guess when i listen to the song i envision a music video with girls in it and i don't envision a lethal injection so this was e extremely unexpected um uh and and really fantastic as well though yeah this is my favorite video out of, out of what we're looking at i it's so powerful you know what i mean and um, again, it's black and white and has a totally different feel. This is much grittier, much more real than than the Hearts video, um, and it's just got a a commanding amount of contrast. You know, you just really feel what's going on in there, um, and the performance is fantastic. Um, it's just yeah. such a, a a bizarrely intimate space for her to yeah. be dancing in um it's just like a one of those combinations that could only really happen in a music video i feel like it's just mm -hmm. one of those perfect um which ryan Heffington kind of a lot of the videos that he choreographs kind of fall into the that line you know uh this past saturday on saturday night live jim carrey was the guest and uh, iggy azalea was a musical guest and they did a whole uh, um, skit, I guess you'd call it, based around the um, chandelier dance, basically. Um, yeah. And people, and people, sort of like knowing, you know, the whole premise of it. You can only really get it if you've seen that video, and it's sort of amazing that you know this video of uh, you know a girl in a nude bodysuit doing a dance for like four minutes straight, an interpretive dance essentially, is the thing that you know uh, the people on SNL expect everybody to just know about um it's kind of incredible when you think about it yeah um so real quick before moving on from this one did anybody else feel that when so there's a moment where the girl's outside looking in and the injection starts going into his arm and then the next shot is kind of a slow pan defocused and fka twigs is dancing in a different outfit in the corner i felt like this is him hallucinating that's the girl in the video and the girl outside watching is like is that the girl and i don't know if they made a sex tape i don't know i that's where i started going with this thing um i thought I she was to lunch 
What's that? <laughs> I don't have to. Lunch. I don't think I don't... so. No, no. I, I, feel, I, I, for a second thought that she, that she was like, wouldn't you know? You know, people can watch executions. I thought that maybe she was, you know, associated with him in some way. Um, but I mean, that's definitely plausible. Yeah, it's very witchy. It I, is, I think. Yeah. I think that anything is possible in an FK Twigs video. I think <laughs> I think that's part of it as well. You know, I think um, you know it's it's uh, you know she 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 she's done she's made a lot of really like impactful music videos this year in particular, and you know there are so many layers in all of those videos. You can kind of just look look at it and be like, this is so awesome and cool and like. I'm interested and entertained by it, um, but then I think every single one of those videos can be like, you know, you could go super deep and and are finding things that were there on purpose. So uh, this definitely has a bit of a narrative to it, though. I feel like there's there's because you know there. I mean, the the person being executed is kind of a classic narrative element, mm-hmm. um, and injecting her into that with all these different elements where you you know you're you're seeing her in different contexts you're seeing her in different environments um i think you could probably write like a term paper on this i feel like um, <laughs> maybe we should maybe we should post it maybe, maybe the next blog post we do will be a term paper on video girl by fk twigs um, <laughs> probably not um one video that a lot of text has been spilled about this week is um from our boys at okay go a new video called I won't let you down. Um, and this is the first, you, you know, this is a music video that like every single media outlet that I kind of pay attention to had a little blurb about this. Yeah. Um, I think Gawker's head line was like, um, you know, uh, announcement. Okay, go has released a new music video. Um, <laughs> is, and sorry, go ahead, Doug. Uh, no, no. I, I think you should explain the video first before I start. Talking. So this, so this is, you know, you kind of think, oh, once they've done their last video, you know, what else are they going to do? They've kind of done everything at this point. Um, but this one is uh, shot in Japan. Um, it is filmed with, uh, you know, obviously the four guys from OK Go in it, but there are a lot of Japanese girls in it. And towards the end, I think there are, I think at least not several hundred, but several thousand people. Um, I think this is by far the biggest video they've done in terms of the number of people. Um, and one of the kind of props they use is and we'll link to it in the show notes is a uh, thing that you sit on and drive around. It's a very odd looking machine <laughs> called a Unicub. Um, oh wow, and, you did research. And it's made a by Unicub. A Unicub, and it is made by Honda. Um, and then mm. for the aerial shots, you'll, there's an, a, a, just a mind boggling shot at the end of the video where the the copter, you know, the camera goes up into the air um, as they're doing this amazing. Uh, you know, sequence with umbrellas, and that was shot with uh, with a specially outfitted um, helicopter. Not sorry, drone. So I, that's interesting. That the, those things, I I am envisioning those things as a major product placement in this video. Just put just putting that out there because I think I'm pretty sure, like, in terms of how OK Go makes their money, it's all about getting getting products in the video that the needing getting video is a is a prime example of it's a video that's a huge it's like it essentially was a chevrolet commercial that was also the, a music video so i think a lot of a lot of okay goes i don't know if this matters or not but i just think that that's very interesting i just read in 
old okay go article and they and they mention that's when they get the money from anyway here's here's the thing this is a, an amazing uh video it's it's one of the most impressive videos probably um <laughs> of all time i don't know maybe that's knee jerk but like it's incredibly impressive like but everything okay go does uh is super impressive and i'm not positive that this video is gonna land up there with like you know those okay go videos that everyone remembers and talks about you know every one of their videos is amazing but you know there's still like this too shall pass here it goes again and even the writings on the wall from this year are like them doing super new awesome cool things that nobody's ever done before and i feel like uh i won't let you down is like is the type of video where if someone was like make a make an okay go video that this is what would come out does that does that make sense yeah i i mean those were my a lot of my initial reactions as well like they're always so good you know and and they're but they're always in the same vein they've they've done a very good job of creating a video brand you know um you expect this kind of large scale really cool thing from okay go and and they've done it again <laughs> yeah i guess I, I guess okay go couldn't get away with like doing like a performance video now <laughs> could you imagine <laughs> yeah could you imagine yeah imagine if like the, the next video is just like a straight like white psych performance video <laughs> and, and and like that's not like like i like it's really important that it's like that the point is made that like and I think that it has been but just to make it again like this is a fantastic video oh yeah okay go is great in it and like it's a it's an amazing video but like it's a little bit of like a parody of an okay go video at at some levels it's like uh you know if you if you compare I think it's oftentimes uh uh Educational to compare bodies of work to you know the body of work of Stanley Kubrick, um, because if <laughs> you know if we compare the body work of Okay Go to Stanley Kubrick, this might be the Barry Lyndon. You know, this is like the technologically you know masterful work that you know people see and you know they may enjoy, but a little little bit forgettable, but you know impressive in its own. Maybe this will be appreciated more in the in the future. I think as a like a as a visceral experience. Like the writing on the writings on the wall is much more successful, but as like a spectacle, I don't think any OK Go has really come close to this one in in sort of scale. No, um, you're you're right about that. Uh, if this music video was done by any other artist, pretty much, it would be like their best music video ever. Um, <laughs> and so I think OK Go has like really set the bar super high for themselves, and they they never like not meet that expectation. You know, it's never like, oh, that's a miss from OK Go. Like they fucked up. Like look, <laughs> like look, like he's, like that lady's not opening her umbrella the whole time. What's the matter with her? Like they don't know. They don't ever fuck up. But like, you know, they you know have 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 a some are better than others. They've done twenty music videos at this point. So yeah. Um. So we should also mention. Uh... I guess what what else should we mention? Well, I think we should mention. Uh, I'd love to mention the Spaz Kid Lovers um, video directed by Four Clops, if we could, because I think this is super cool, and and um, it's a video that required a little bit of research to make sure that it actually fits uh, the qualifications of a music video. Because in this music video, um, they make keyboards essentially out of uh, everything. 
all sorts of things. Cats, Chicken McNuggets. Uh, sushi is probably the most su- Sushi, and, and, it, and they use a machine uh, called, and I didn't do quite as good of research as Adam did for the last video, but he did. it's a machine, a device called the, the Makey Make. Makey Makey. And it is an actual device where you can essentially just like use alligator clips and clip any to anything, and then that thing becomes your key. But this and, is not a real thing, is it? Oh, it is a real thing. Yes. Yeah. No, this is legit. No. Yeah. No, a makey makey is is a real deal. You can't... What is it then? Electrical impulses. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to figure. Out. Like, how does it? How do you stick something in a piece of sushi and then get an electrical impulse when you touch the top of it? I don't know, but it says it's well. Those little, those little like tinfoil things. If you touch the tinfoil, that should send electricity to it. But I don't know how you would do it through something like sushi or those plants. I mean, they have a successfully funded Kickstarter for this thing. So, and they raised like it's half, real. and they raised half a million dollars. So what? Did they- yeah. And like either, so they stole half a million dollars. This is not a real thing. Like as far as I can well, tell, this is legit. Have you seen that South Park where they make a Kickstarter just to make money? <laughs> I don't understand how it works. I think that's real. No, exactly. That's that's the whole thing. They go the the boys go out and they're like, we're gonna start a Kickstarter, and then they do a Kickstarter and just start making money. Uh, and they. <laughs> I think they actually steal the name Washington Redskins because there was a lapse <laughs> in the ownership of the name. And they're just a company on Kickstarter called the Washington Redskins, and people just give them money. Hold on a second, though. Like, I mean, that's insane. And I don't, but I don't. Four Clops is, is like, a, it, 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 who have been on this podcast, every time that's happened, we have to say it. Um, Four Clops is, is like an inventive, they're not like going to fake it. Forklops is like does inventive shit and always does things practically and like that's part of what Forklops is about. Like they're not yeah. gonna, they're not gonna just fake it. When I see yeah. something from Forklops, I think I'm with Derek on this. I think we're on the same page. Of like, if it's tr- if it is real, I have zero idea how they were doing it. They're they're like hitting the cat's ears and stuff and it's making noises yeah i understand that i mean there's they got a ted talk no way i'm telling you on this there's a ted TED talk hack a banana make a keyboard i mean it's probably a tedx thing but i'm tedx that's store brand hey you know if they can do that that's cool i mean i thought it was just a cute video i mean i wish you could see these notes it's like oh that's neat he's playing with sushi oh wait that's cute cat (laughs) <laughs> oh, weird! That girl's red. Oh, maybe I should eat some chicken nuggets. You know, and like, I love finger monsters. Wait, now that girl's blue again. Can you bring those those monsters back? If they can make music out of that, that's amazing. Every everything in in the I mean in the Makey Makey Kickstarter to reference this again. It says everything in the video is real. I mean, listen, maybe I got tricked really hard but no 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 i think you're right <laughs> no. but uh mit lab and shit like maybe i'm maybe i'm maybe i'm an asshole and it would make me a serious asshole but like i think this is legit it's got a 4.5 rating on amazon your your uh, notes are very detailed <laughs> they were very detailed way more than ours yeah mine is like sushi i have no notes <laughs> i have zero notes 
My notes are my, Not, my notes are my good. I was notes. a little bit nervous. I didn't want to be like, oh, I don't know what he's talking about in this video. So I watched him and literally just wrote down like things that were coming to my mind. And this video was very fun to watch for a lot of reasons. And it was just like this, like, whoa, weird. Oh, wow. Oh man, that's that's nice. I want to eat that. Oh, why is that person like that? <laughs> yeah, that, I definitely would like some chicken nuggets. How it's much is? Good. Yeah, right. I'm still. How much is a makey makey? Should we buy one in for the purposes of this podcast to see if it works for real? Uh, yeah. Okay, it's, we're it's, doing it. It's fun. It's fun that Four Clubs. So it's interesting that Four Clubs directed this to me because <clears throat> um, if you listen to our episode with Four Clubs. You know, uh, some of the work came around in the era, which I think is kind of past now. Maybe we should. It's a, it's a whole other discussion of, you know, the interactive video. I think it kind of peaked at Happy. Um, yeah, there were two, and and also the Bob Dylan video that and came the out Bob the Dylan video. Time. I think people. I think we had like like there were no more T-shirts to shoot with a T-shirt gun at that point, and I think that. There's I haven't seen an interactive video that's like not an actual video for a while, but I think that's a really interesting direction for them to go, you know, doing things that, you know, are traditional videos, you know, traditional in the sense that they're like a, something you can play from start to end. But what they're working with is the technology in the video. Um, I think that's really interesting. for Yeah, them. they haven't they haven't completely abandoned doing stuff with the Internet as well they did that true tube thing with avici that um kind of let you you know they're not traditional music videos that they try to make interactive they take on different types of projects that are still with still promote artists and still promote yeah. music and stuff but they're like not necessarily traditional music videos or like like this video they're like doing things that are inventive and interesting um, but within you know within the, a film, but uh, just s to be clear, it was an actual TED talk. It's not TEDx. Mm. Jay Silver, hack a banana, make a keyboard. Hundred twenty nine thousand views. It'll be linked in the show notes. Uh, it's thirteen minutes. Everyone watch. Everyone watch it. Um, I think since it's since Halloween's coming up, or since today is Halloween. When this podcast is released, we should end uh, with the Hey Doreen video by Lu uh, Lucius. Are we are in agreement that this is Lucius. Yeah. Uh, directed by Le LeBlanc and Cudmore. Uh, and I want to talk about this video because it's because it's got some murders, and and Halloween's all about murder. Mm -hmm. This so is a great video. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's really like. So basically, like the concept is, there's for the most part the the two girls and Lucius are played by two uh, older ladies, um, and throughout the video, like you, it'll like cut to the actual Lucius girls, um, and and we'll play the part. But for the most part, it's two older ladies, and these older ladies uh, essentially like lure old men by their by their awesome uh, karaoke skills. Which happens uh, the karaoke that takes place in a bowling alley um, of the uh, Margaretville bowling alley? Yes. Right, right, right. Very important. Margaretville bowling alley, bowling alley karaoke, and they sing the Lucius song on karaoke, and uh, they lure men to their home or to various places, and then they uh, murder them in 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 pretty awesome and violent ways. Uh, and there's you know 
ad- additional elements to the story. And I think it, one of the most important additional elements is the. Well, fact I was that gonna, I wasn't gonna spoil, but we can. Should we spoil? Well, well, we just say that there's a there's a man who is starting to catch on. We'll okay, yeah, that. we won't say the whole thing. So yes, there's a man from the bowling alley who's who's getting wise to these girls. But but gosh, I love how they cut back and forth between the the actual girls in the band and the two old ladies. That's one of my favorite elements of the show. Uh, you guys love you guys liked it too, huh? Yeah, I liked it a lot. Um, and I like. My first thing was like, oh, cool, a story about old people. Like, <laughs> I, I, I really like stories that give personality to older people, especially coming from a younger generation. We never really respect our elders, so to speak, and I think old people are really interesting. So whenever I see people cast older actors and actresses, I'm like, all right, I can get into this. And then it takes a twist that I was like, all right, I'm, I'm in. Um, and... You just kind of go with it, and and you, you there's more and more and more to these ladies. They surprise you each time that they uh, they get their victim, um, and it's really fun to watch. And uh, what was I going to say? Yeah, the, the, so the beginning of this video, kind of, I don't know if they did it on purpose, LeBlanc and Cudmore, um, but they kind of wrapped up a few what I what I would call like music video tropes. And then twisted them around. And mm-hmm. I think those music video tropes are old people doing something in an awkward place, um, <laughs> which is definitely like checkmark big time because these women are doing karaoke in a bowling alley. And, it, and you know, there's like three people watching them. I think it's a big music video thing. Yeah. Um, and then the other thing is people singing karaoke in the video for the song that the video is for. Yeah. I feel like that is yeah. a big music video thing as well. So in the first two seconds, I was like, uh, you know, is this where we're really going? Um, but they do some really amazing things with it, especially because this video isn't that long. Well, it's four minutes and 30 seconds. I'm doesn't sure feel, it doesn't long. feel as long. No, it feels um, like a, kind of like a little short film in a way. But um, one of the interesting things they do with the karaoke, which I really love, is it's uh, essentially uh, they they kind of start to cut from what you see kind of becomes the karaoke yeah um and and that's super interesting too so essentially like you're almost watching elements of that karaoke video it's just like a really interesting thing that they that they did with it and just to mention leblanc and cudmore mike leblanc scott cudmore former guests of this podcast and also have done some fantastic commentaries that you should listen to as well because first you're going to go listen to the podcast with them on it, and then you're going to listen to all the commentaries and, and watch their videos. Content for days. I kind of feel Content. bad for the first guy who's a victim because they're kind of pushing I feel bad them for, to drink. I feel bad to ev- for every. I feel bad for, ev- for every guy, first of all. But it's interesting that you feel bad just because they make him drink and well, not that they then murder him. him. Yeah, he's like he doesn't really want to, and then they're they're just like piling on the drinks. They could have just done it where when he was half sober, you know. Whatever. It's video, just like yeah, but then, but then don't they? I mean, they get young again, right? Killing makes them young again, so they can't let somebody uh, make them let them it, see that they're getting younger. Wow, I think that oh, the, is that. I think that's the. You think you cracked the code? Cracked the code. That's how. Yeah, because every time we see them as the actual Lucius girls, they are. It's right it's after. It's right killed. after yeah, murder. Okay. Wow. Oh shit. Oh shit. It's like this whole alien, like weird magical thing underlaying the whole thing. Yeah. You know, it's... they're like. It's like. Um, 
that that Glazer movie uh, with Scarlett Joe in it, where she's just like luring these men in and Lucy? they get young. It's it. No, 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 no. Um, Under the skin. Under the skin. Scarlett yeah. Johansson. Yeah, oh, Jonathan yeah, Glazer okay. was the director mm-hmm. on that, and it's very Glazer in that it doesn't. Re- I mean, there is a storyline, but it's very kind of out there. But um, she she's an alien, so I don't know if these girls are aliens. I don't know, but they're getting young. Yeah, no, so, definitely. That's that, that. I'm on board with that with that with that theory. And uh, uh, Jonathan Glazer, somebody who we would love to have on this podcast, uh, but haven't actually had. That was a joke. Everyone thought I was going to say that we had him on here, and that never, <laughs> never happened. Uh, Directed uh, many amazing music videos, um, which you can find on our site. Uh, and since, as Doug mentioned, we were recording this on Thursday, October 31st. When we're releasing it is Halloween, October 31st, 2014. <clears throat> um, and I just wanted to ask everybody on this podcast if they're going – as something for Halloween, and if it is music, really video related. Oh uh, shit! Well, you go first. You know, you first, since you, this is your question. <laughs> I'm turning it right around on you. Are you going as music video related? I tried really hard to get me and my wife to dress up as Ariana Grande and Mac Miller from the Way video. <laughs> um, just go watch that video if you're wondering what I'm talking about. But it didn't happen, and we're going. We're, we're going as uh, Bob's Burgers characters. So, yep. Oh, that's pretty good. And that's where we're at at this point in our lives. So, um, <laughs> but they're going. Interestingly enough, the Bob's Burgers characters are going as is the two twin brothers that are super weird. So they're going as those guys. That's not true. They're going as the husband, <laughs> husband, and, and uh, Derek. You? No, you know, I am not dressing up. They, I didn't think about it. I really dropped the ball this year. Um, we're gonna. My wife is pregnant. We're gonna stay home and hand out candy. I think. Oh wow! Congratulations. Well, thank you. I don't know if anybody's gonna actually come to my house. I live like on a really busy corner. I, I think I'm just gonna sit and watch movies and eat the candy that I'm not giving out to children. Adam, honestly, Adam lives on a busy. Adam lives jealous. on a busy corner. Yeah, we 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 don't get a lot of kids. That's weird. It's a weird thing about living in a busy area is you don't get a lot of kids for trick or treating. Yeah, they don't let yeah, kids. They don't let kids out around busy stuff. Um, I but, mean, when you guys were kids, you went trick or treating, and there were tons of kids out, weren't there? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. And then I think it stopped around like ninety eight. I feel like I don't know. I, I, that year always sticks out in my mind as like the last year like trick or treating was a thing. But anyway. <laughs> Um, no, it still goes on, but it just doesn't go on. That's not it, as, as, but so if you, not to put you on the the spot, but if you could pick a music video related costume, you know, budget money's no object. Do you, would you? Is there like a character that sticks out in your mind that would make a good uh, Halloween costume? I don't know. Um, the correct. So what would you put on? Correct. A correct. Would you put on a nude bodysuit uh, and a seal wig for Halloween? Is what I really what I'm asking. And a seal wig. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> All right, sweet. That's on its way. Um, uh, and so Doug? just send pictures. Uh, I'm I'm dressing up as Adam Fairholm. Okay, good. You got, That's... you got your khaki shorts. You got your khaki I got, shorts. I got khaki shorts, and I got uh, and I got uh, uh, sleeve tattoos like Adam has. Everyone listening to this podcast, Adam has sleeve tattoos, mm-hmm. not uh, and neck neck and face 
tattoos. So but... did you get one of those like Ed Hardy print skin colored tight shirts and you're right exactly <laughs> so that's my adam barrow adam barrow is like mr rogers mr rogers also has sleeve tattoos no neither neither of those neither of those things are true mr rogers nor adam barrow have sleeve tattoos but I, heard, I heard you were dressing up with austin peters so. no that's not true that's not true that was a, that was a, just a dumb joke that i made it's not you could go you could go as the skull from his laura palmer video i've Ooh. seen pictures of um people who dressed up as the the characters from his Bastille video. Oh, that's a good one too. The the skull characters. The skull his, characters. His, yeah. his, fir- his first Bastille video, I think it was, or maybe the second. Um, I'd also I'd also go as Brook Candy if I had. Uh, oh shit! Um, so <laughs> I think uh, so if and actually if anybody is listening right now and has a music video costume, music video related costume, send us your pictures. Um, to uh, contact at imvdb.com and yeah, we'll all, put the, them up. All, all the people who are having who decided to play this podcast at their Halloween parties <laughs> just, <laughs> just take some pictures, put them on Instagram, of the send parties them, of send all them the sleeping people, um, and uh, send, send us our way at, <laughs> at adam at imvdb.com and uh, doug at imvdb.com. Yeah, send and, us both. We need to see, we need to both get it. Um, and Derek, thank you so much for joining us. This is awesome. Our f- first colors. You, you. Hey, thanks for having me on. I, you know, I'll do it again if you guys would have me. Yes, you're Definitely, welcome. Definitely, one hundred percent. Yeah, next time we do a video, you know, uh, with whoever you guys talk to, a lot of the directors that I work with, and if they're down, I'm down. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah we'll get you guys. We'll, we'll tag team it up. And and just are you coloring any music videos presently? Um, I got a couple coming up this week. Um, honestly, I don't even know what they are. I know that I'm working with um, Dustin Weinkoff. I don't know if you guys know who he is. He's got a big Vimeo presence. Um, he shoots some really nice stuff. He's he's mostly Addy stuff, but I think this is a music video or some kind of music narrative. Um, I've got a, another music video on Monday, but I've been doing some short films, and so I, I've been doing a little bit more long form the last month or so. I spent a lot of time, or I spent a month in London, and so I'm kind of getting my music video thing back on track after coming home, and I've been doing some short films. So I'm hoping to do some more music videos. So I got a couple coming up. And Sweet. if you want to check out Derek's uh, music video work, obviously we have a Patreon on IMVDB. And then for uh, commercial fashion and short film work, DerekHanson.me and that link will be in the show notes at imvdb.com slash podcast cool and if you want to you know not to plug NPC but to plug NPC my my reel's up on NPC's page too Um, sweet and there's lots of other music videos and and colorists on there Um, we've had we've done some great work on music videos this past year Um, you know NPC got we work with the Daniels a lot. Uh, we work with Hero a lot, Lark and Simple. Uh, and so we've got some really great work up there. Nice. None of those names ring a bell. So yeah, never heard of those guys. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. I think, that, I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to cut it right after that, my 50 joke.